0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone,
1: to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo and Cameron Norris. Welcome, one and all. Thank you. Thank you, David. Awesome. And if everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verses 1 through 13, but before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in our hearts
2: that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you for getting us back here again this week. Thank you for the gift of Reflections from the Heart, uh, the opportunity just to, to press pause in, in the busyness of life, just to come and uh, and just to allow you to love us, to allow you to just hold us. Uh, So please, in in the moments of our lives, help us to stay connected to you in everything that we do. Uh, Lord, please help us to trade wills, trade our will for your divine will each and every day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of your word. Please help us to receive what you want to give us here in the studio. Uh, Help us to obediently uh, speak when we feel that it's from you, and just trust that uh, that someone needs to hear it, uh, whether here or out, out in the in the field listening. So thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come together, and we uh, we pray all this in Jesus'
3: name, Amen, Amen, Amen. Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And
1: Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love?
3: I would love to. Again, we're in Luke chapter sixteen, verses one through thirteen. Jesus said to his disciples, "A rich man had a steward." who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship, because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do, now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, So that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in the master's debtors one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe my master? He replied, One hundred measures of olive oil. He said to him, Here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for fifty. Then to another steward said, And you, how much do you owe? He replied, One hundred cores of wheat. The steward said to him, Here is your promissory note. Write one for eighty. And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If, therefore, you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ.
1: You cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon used for money or any other thing. You know, that's a big wake-up call because you're either going to serve God or be a slave to the enemy of our soul. When we choose to put anything above God, especially money, it it just blinds us, it deafens us, it kills the spirit within us. We become zombies in the world without the living presence of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Father, who are called to live in us, with us, and through us. So for me, this is a checkpoint for each and every one of us. Who do you serve? Do you serve the Lord Jesus Christ every day at every waking moment? What are your priorities? There's a really quick litmus test to that. Is look at the time that you're awake and then lay out a chart that shows how much time you invest in the Lord, how much time you invite him along in your daily journey, and then how much time you spend on news media, television video games, whatever. Because when we invest our time in God, invite Him along on our daily journey, our day is filled with absolute fruitful events. It's amazing. It's a great adventure. But when we seek and go the world's way, again, like I always like to say, it's like drinking salt water, thinking we're going to quench the thirst of our heart, and it ends up killing us. So for me, I want to serve you, Lord all the days of my life. I belong to you. Use me for your purpose. Help me to be commissioned with you, join with your mission of the salvation of souls. Entrust in me everything, all gifts, to help me make this world a better place by sharing you with this world. In Jesus' name we pray.
3: Amen. Amen. And I'm going to read the line before that. If you're not trustworthy with what belongs to another, I think this is one of the areas of just think of like the tithe. Do we look at the tithe as, well, I'm giving up my, or was it never yours to begin with? The idea that you can be trusted with that. It's his, Mm -hmm. but you can be trusted with it because it flows through you so easily. The idea of, you know, something as simple as when finances get tight is that the time to say okay lord for now i need that extra that i've been giving or is that the time to say okay you know what i know what this looks i know what this looks like if i'm going to stop this and i don't want that i need this to keep going those are the times where he can look at us and say okay i can trust you i can trust you with that the idea of being trustworthy with something that doesn't belong to you—if it doesn't belong to you, it doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't make that choice of, well, now for this time, this belongs to me. And that's something as simple as the tithe or the the tenth. Mm-hmm. Wow, and it's a state of a state of heart, yeah. You know, truly understanding that
2: it's not—it it's, was never ours. Never you know, ours. If, if it was—if it came away for a little bit, it's. Uh, it's something to be thankful for, and um, yeah. So thank you for that reminder. And David, when you were sharing about inviting God along the way, and you said that you know, our, our, when we do that, our days will be filled with fruitful events. And I just wrote, even if the the things, even if the the outcomes don't go our way, uh, is the fruit just growing closer to God? You know, what I mean, like, like, are we okay with that? That even if we invite Him. And we're hoping it goes a certain way, and it doesn't. Are we okay with that if, we're growing clo- if God is just drawing us closer to him with the cross, closer to him with the cross? So um, that's a, an awesome invitation to remember to invite the Lord.
1: Well, I love the beginning.
2: A rich man had a steward.
1: Do you realize that everything we have is a gift from God that we're called to be a good steward of? a steward is a caretaker, that we use all of God's gifts, all of them, the gift of our time, our finances, all of them, to make this world a better place, to be a signpost that points to Christ and the eternal banquet in heaven. So when you realize that you're just a caretaker of all the gifts, the money's not yours, it's God. Lord, how do you want me to use it? All the treasures he's entrusted you with, how do you want to use it? Because when we use it wrongly, God's letting us know there is a consequence because, again, we own nothing. We're merely stewards, caretakers. And when we are poor stewards, caretakers of the Lord's gifts, when we do as this man did, I do, I am, I am, I am, I know, I shall. When we put I at our central focus, I is the center of sin, S-I-N, I is the center of pride, P-R-I-D-E. When we put I, it's all about me. This man doesn't seek God's wisdom, doesn't seek God's knowledge, doesn't ask God, what shall I do? None of that. Doesn't repent. Yeah, it says he asks himself.
3: Yeah, he asks himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his God is me, myself, and I. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, God's given us a really good story here to make it not about us, not about I. In all situations, we're called to, when we realize we've made a mistake, repent. Repent. Metanoia, turn away from that sin and fall down on your knees for the grace and mercy which God has available to us. What did Adam and Eve do? They hid. What did they do when God says, where were you? They don't say, oh, you know what? Hey, let me raise my hand. I sinned. I disobeyed you. Please forgive me. I'm heartily sorry for that. Oh, no. It was the serpent's fault. It was the woman's fault. It was God's fault because he put the woman in there. Stop the insanity. We are entrusted with gifts. All of us, no matter how small or how big, how do we use those gifts as a prudent steward every day, to bring God all honor, all glory,
2: and all praise. Last week we spoke about the one, right? That there's rejoicing in heaven among the angels uh, over one sinner who repents. So in in God's economy, one's pretty important. One One is very important. So if heaven rejoices over one sinner, do we trust that if that's our assignment, just to help bring one, that allowing God to be available for God to use us to bring one person back to him, and that's it? Are we okay with that? that, that and, then, and then with our obedience to that assignment, Cameron, as you like to remind us, the difference between opportunities and assignments. So if our assignment was for that one, and then, and then being obedient to that assignment could unleash the grace for someone else to reach millions, are we okay with that? So if we're, like Dave, you're saying, if we're entrusted with a little bit, god, God's god got it all. It's all his. So if we're entrusted with one dollar and God wants us to give that dollar to someone else and that, that incredible act of trust and generosity could be the grace needed to un, unleash generosity of someone that's been blessed with billions to then turn that over to be used for the kingdom, are we okay with that? You know, So this whole idea of... Uh, of stewardship and one uh, in God's economy he's got it all and and our obedience and our sacrifice our sacrifices united with his unleashes grace uh, so are we okay with us being the small part but then that small part unleashes the grace necessary for someone to say yes to their big part and you know it's fascinating because in the middle
1: of this is something that really bothered me it says And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. I'm like, Lord, why in the world would you do that? (laughs) But then God revealed that to me because he didn't say, and the master commended that prudent steward. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. He identified that steward as dishonest, but he acted prudently. And what its challenge point was that the children of this world, that means people that are really horizontally focused, all about the world, world riches, worldly this, worldly praise. Serving mammon. Serving mammon. That was a prudent way of dealing. But the children of light should learn that prudence is that recognition that everything is God's and a gift from God. Now, how do we use that? Not to buy our own favors from people, Not to get accolades and things of that nature, but to use those gifts to bring God all honor, all glory, and all praise. Because at the end of the day, that dishonest steward, it tells you the next sentence, that money fails him with the hopes that he'll metanoia, repent of his sins, turn away from his sins, and come back to God, who will never fail him. Again, his choice so as he tried to use the money of the masters to buy his own friendships, it doesn't work. Right, It fails. It's a short-lived little blip. And through the grace of God, God's saying, and when it fails, there's that hope that his heart will turn back to the Lord, the source of all good things, the source of life itself, and say, I have sinned against you, Father. Please forgive me. And then receive that mercy turn away from that sin, and turn back to the Lord.
3: That's good. And isn't it the grace of God to start us off small, the idea here? So I'll go back to reading. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones, and the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. He doesn't put something on us that we can't handle for today. So the things that are going to come come across our path today, we can handle today. And I remember one of the times I felt the it was like the loudest time I heard the Lord told me he could trust me. It was when I was at I was in college and I moved I moved out early. I was in college and I was at church and I was moving from one place to another and I I was actually living in a house with the youth pastors and then I was moving out on my own. And as I was doing that, I was working in construction and I was making good money, but I was saving my money to move out on my own and groceries, you know, just things you do when you're young and you're on your own. Um, I say on my own, obviously, I have an understanding the Lord was with me. I'm just speaking of it in the natural. But I remember I just got paid and it was the month I was moving out and I had At the time, it was a a large sum of cash that I thought I had in my wallet with me because I just got paid. I just cashed it. And I remember I was in church, and I felt the Lord tell me to give this family behind me all of the money. And it it wasn't everything that I had, but it was everything that I had. It was, I don't know. For context, in my mind, it was probably around $4,000. So... I was like, oh, Lord, you're joking. It was so strong in me. I mean, I was crying. It it was such a strong prompting. And I was like, okay, I don't know what situation they're in, but if this is for them, it's for them. I'm doing this out of obedience. So that was the conversation in my heart with the Lord. At the end of service, I ended up head on bumping into the lady, and I had never seen them before. Uh, I'd been going to that church for a long time. It was maybe their first time there. For the first time for sure that I saw him. And I said, I I don't know how to say this. I when we were singing a song, I I felt strongly, so I I have a gift for you. And so I opened up my wallet. To my amazement, there was not the full amount. For some reason, I didn't put the full amount in my wallet. I had some of it still in the car, and I pulled it out, and I was like, this is for you. And I was like, wait, you know, in my heart, I was like, (laughs) I'd already given it up. That's what he's looking, at. he's looking at the heart issue. He of course he was looking out for my provision as well, but it was that time to test, okay, is this where you're gonna put your trust right now? And that was the time where I heard him just say, I can trust you with that. This is this is an area I can trust you and I need to be able to trust you. It was like, woo. And there's been other times where similar things have happened, it's like, you know, you follow those promptings, you're like, okay. This is not what I had plans for this. But then you just see, like, I I just see it so many times where it's, like, immediate. It's just that. And I always want to have that gaze from the father of trustworthiness. I can trust you. Okay, what can I do? It doesn't mean I don't mess things up. But as soon as I mess them up, I want to go back and say, hey, I see how I messed up there. I want to be on the trustworthy side. Show me what I need to do to make this right.
1: You know, it reminded me of a story that happened yesterday. You know, we will always be tested because God wants to test where are you at. Where are you at, David? Where are you at? So I had called up um, my head of finance and I said, I need to have a check out of my one account uh, to cash the check because of things that I was picking up. My wife and me to get this and put it in, in our safe. And so I said, it's from my personal account. I said, but my assistant writes the checks out. So the next day, I go in to pick up the check. He said, you'll be fine. There's enough money in the account. And he comes to me with this brown envelope. He hands it to me full of cash. He said, your assistant's not in today. So I couldn't get you the check to cash it. But this envelope, we just sold goods that are not in the computer. There's no record of them. It's cash that was given to us. Just use that. And I said, all right, no problem. Just let me know what it is. I'll just write you a check out. Just give me the total once she comes back and can write it out of the account. So when I went back in the office on Monday, I wanted to get it cleared up because my assistant was back in and my head of financing says, well, David, why? It's not in the computer. It's all cash. There's no, there's no record of it. Just keep the money. That's a test. <laughs> I said, I said, I can't do that. So that's not right. I said, you tell me exactly what it is and I have my assistant write to check out today because that's not moral and it's not ethical. What just happened there? You set a standard. Bingo. Bingo. What do you do when you get home from Costco and you realize they missed the box under the cart? Well, you're gone. You didn't get caught. You didn't try and take it. What do you do? So I took the unit out of the box, drove back to Costco, with the empty box, and said to the manager, excuse me, when I left, they missed this. It's not on my receipt. I didn't pay for it. I need to pay for it. And the guy's like, "Ah, oh, no, 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 it's it, that, that'd be too much of a hassle." I said, "No, that's why I brought the empty box back. Just bill me, bill me for the product. I want to, I want to pay for it. That's what the right thing to do. Because you know, I can't do that. It's not morally and ethically correct. You know. And of course, God's name always comes out in all my conversations. What did I just do? I was tested and gave an example. Too many times we're tested and we fail Mm -hmm. because that means that sin has crept in. The enemy has a portal. If you've done it, if you've taken things, you haven't been, make it right. Make it right and look for those opportunities to give God glory every day. When you're challenged with just keep it, nobody will ever know. Well, that's a lie straight from hell because God will absolutely know if you kept that brown envelope
3: with cash. And he's looking for trustworthy people. 100%. I mean, just the story of the Costco thing, the person that you had the interaction with when you went back there, imagine what his conversation was at dinner that night. You'll never believe this. (laughs) (laughs) In 20 years I've been working here, this guy comes back in, he was free and clear. You don't know how how many ripples that story, that seed, that watering, that sunlight, I mean just knowing the Lord wanted to do something in that person's life and he had to find somebody trustworthy where he could give oversight to somebody to let you walk out with that, knowing that he's going to line up that divine appointment and he wants to do those things. He wants to have those interactions. He wants to set standards in people's hearts and he needs people to work through so that he can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if we look at things that way, whoa. Yeah. And do do you
2: guys think the... The test is related to the area where you're having the most difficult time trusting.
3: I think oftentimes the enemy will try to do it that way, um, but I think the Lord also I think he's always refining us to make us ultimately perfect in every way. so if there's one area that we need help in, I think He will help us grow in that area uh oftentimes more because more growth needs in that area. And it's like, you know, if you, if you're looking at, I'm holding my hands in a circle, if, if the circle looks more like a spider web, he wants to pull those pieces out to make them more whole. So yeah, if it's, I think if it's one area where uh, he wants you to grow, he's going to give you more opportunities Mm -hmm. to grow, right? Think of it in your body. Like if you, if you say you work out, but all you ever do is an arm curl You can have a big bicep, but (laughs) (laughs) your legs are going to be nothing, right? He wants us to have strong feet, strong legs, strong hips, strong abs, (laughs) strong shoulders, strong arms, strong hands. So just looking at it that way. You
1: know, and these tests are so subtle at times. Like I watch Netflix. I like to watch action movies. I do. I think there's fun action movies. I'm a guy. (laughs) I like action movies. So I put this movie on. I thought it'd be okay. But then a scene came on. And I'm like, nah, I don't think I'm going to watch this movie. This doesn't look healthy. And then I looked and the man, and on his back was a tattoo, and it was a satanic tattoo. Wow. I immediately turned it off, immediately called my wife and said, I just want to tell you what happened. I said, because I believe this was the Lord saying, this is not healthy. And I got to see the sign, of the satanic sign oh, that wow. said get it off the station. So yep. mm. got rid of it immediately, called my wife, let her know I saw this. It, it was yeah. nothing impure yet, but guarantee it was heading in that direction. And I thought, it'll be okay. No, it's not okay. Right? You're opening up a portal for the enemy. It's a test. And if you're not faithful in the small things, one small step down a slippery mm. slope is one small step down a slippery slope. And the next thing you know, you're sliding and you can't stop. So, ladies and gentlemen, be alert, be awake, be ready for these tests. Ask for the Lord's strength to conquer each and every one of them. Because the enemy, he wants a portable into your heart because he wants your soul.
2: So good. Yeah. So at the very end, you cannot serve both God and mammon. So I'm just praying for all of us and everybody listening just to to grow and trust for God, to give us the grace to grow and trust Uh, when we try to serve both. For me, at least, it's it's a, a trust issue. Mm-hmm.
3: That um, yeah, it, yeah, and that's the scripture too. Says it. It doesn't say uh, money is the root of all evil. The love, love of money is the root of all evil. And the idea that you could hate one and love the other, it, it says you will either hate one or love the other. It's the idea of internally is that something that you love. It doesn't mean money's bad. It just means don't put your love there. Mm. Because doing that, and and I'm using money as an example, it's really anything outside of God. Is it God or is it something else? Ladies and gentlemen,
1: tests happen in our life every day. When you're weak, he is strong. So call out to him and don't be afraid. Jesus got you covered. He's got your back. Put on his armor. Change this world. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.com. Or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org. Or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship of Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.